Aloha! Welcome to the Hale o Nakaula podcast. We are based upcountry on the stunning island of Maui. If you have any questions or want to know more about us, you can always check us out at hokmaui.com. We would love to connect with you on social media throughout the week on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Today, our pastor, Daniel Oliveira, relates God's presence in the book of Esther to God's presence in our daily lives. God is behind the scenes orchestrating our lives, but we still have to accept and walk in the authority He has given us. All right. So, we have a lot of fun things to do this morning. You know, and I just want to bless our awareness of the worship. Just want to talk a little bit about our worship before we get into the Word. But we bless our children. You know, did you know that when you pray, the Father hears your prayers? And we just have to continue praying for each one of them to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to be like Samuel, young Samuel, learning to hear the voice of the Lord. Like Jeremiah at eight, God speaking to him. You know, and let our children be taught of the Lord. You know, and then I think that's awesome that, we you know, sometimes we should have fathers, mothers, you know, laying hands on the children during the worship. You know, just imparting to them this awareness of our great God. Okay? So we bless that. We bless. Lord, speak to them. Speak to them. Appear to them. Be real to them. They don't need religion. They don't need church. They need a walk with God. They need an awareness of the, the Holy Spirit speaking to them every day. And we bless that. You know, young and old, all of us, right? We're all children of God. Amen? Amen. So this morning, I want to try to scratch the surface a little bit in the book of Esther. The book of Esther is pretty awesome. A lot of people, I mean, did you know that in the past, people questioned if the book of Esther should be in the Bible or not? You know, when they were putting together, deciding which book was to be included in the Bible or not, some people questioned about the book of Esther because there's no mention to the name of God in the book of Esther. But I am sure thankful that this book is in the Bible because I can study it. And I can see God in so many different ways. And a lot of times it's like my life, right? My life is not like filled with thunder and lightning and God appearing in a cloud and speaking to me from heaven, right? A lot of times God is kind of hidden behind the curtains. He is manipulating, he's working conspiracies in my life. Right? Conspiracy theories. God started that. 
You know, and that's where, when, you know, we have the Feast of Purim, because the Feast of Purim is because of the Book of Esther, we, we come dressed up with costumes, because we are not revealing who we really are. But in the Book of Esther, God is behind the curtains, hiding himself. Do you guys understand this now? And I, I want to talk about that, because the Book of Esther is awesome, and what happened was, you know that, you know, the kingdom of Israel got divided. The ten northern tribes first were taken into exile, and they basically disappeared. That's why we, we, we study about the ten lost tribes of Israel. And then later, the king of Babylon came and took Judah, the tribes of Judah and Benjamin, the remaining two tribes, also into exile, into Babylon. So this is a little lesson here. That's why now we relate to the Jews, because they were the tribe of Judah. Okay? So these guys were in exile in Babylon, then the Assyrian Empire took over Babylon. And I wish I had a, a TV here to show you the size of this empire. It would go from where Israel is, Egypt, a little bit below Ethiopia, all the way to India, including Iran, Afghanistan, Iraq, huge empire. So the Jews were in exile during this time. So it's basically 500 years before Christ. Are you guys getting a little bit of picture here? So while they are in exile, what would you think? God has abandoned me, right? We sinned. We went after other idols, other gods, and God is judging us and we are here, and there's nothing we can do. Do you sometimes feel like that? <laughs> like your life is like you're, you're in exile all by yourself. You have to fend for yourself. You have to, and it seems like, God, why has thou forsaken me, right? So that's basically what was going on. But to make things worse... You know, this guy, I'm going to jump here, and I had a lot of fun historical information, but we, we can skip that. So what happened was the, the king had a wife that kind of disobeyed him. He invited her to a party, and she said, I cannot go. And then all the, the advisors to the king said, this cannot happen because if everybody hears what the queen is doing to you, every woman in the whole empire is going to do the same to their husband. Right? So she needs to be punished. So the king said, okay, you're not the queen anymore. I need a new queen. And then they sent a, 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 a tweeter or, a, you know, a 
uh, Instagram through the whole empire and say, hey, all the beautiful young ladies come because the king is going to pick a new queen, right? So this guy, this Jew, Mordecai, had a cousin that her uncle and aunt had died, so he was taking care of her. He was raising her, and this is Esther. So Esther, he, Mordecai tells her, okay, you're going to go, you're going to sign up for this thing, this contest, <laughs> but do not tell that you are a Jew. Do you understand that? You, you're going to wear a mask. You're not going to reveal your identity. Are you guys with me? Yeah. Esther did not make known to her people or her kindred. For Mordecai had instructed her that she should not make them known. So she was not alone. She had a relationship watching over her. You're never alone. God is always there. And not only God is there, but he has placed relationships. They are there to help you, to instruct you, to guide you. What is important in this story is that she listened to him. Okay? So don't let this be a... a History that happened 2,500 years ago. Make it personal. Make it real. That's what I want this to be this morning. This is, we're going to celebrate Purim. But I don't want to celebrate because of somebody, oh, Danny and Dad are telling me to celebrate this. No, I want to I see God behind the curtains in my life. So I read out of Esther chapter 2, verse 10. And I'm going to just go really quick over the whole book, but it's fun to read the whole story. It's only 10 chapters. It's not going to kill you, I promise. <laughs> I'm going to read uh, chapter 7, verse 8 to 10. This is Jesus telling his disciples go to the temple, go to Jerusalem. I'm not going. And to me, this is like kind of how sometimes God does things. Like, why don't you do this? He told his disciples, go up to the feast. I do not go up to the, this feast because my time has not fully come yet. John 7, verses 8 to 10. Having said these things to them, he stayed in Galilee. But when his brothers had gone up to the feast, then he himself also went up, not publicly, but as if in secret. Are you guys getting this? To me, it's, like, it's almost like what happened with the people in exile. I'm going to send you, but I'm going to be there in secret. I'm not going to make my presence known to the public. And I, I want us to connect that with God in our lives today. What's happening in the world today? Some people go, where is God? Yeah, maybe God is the creator, but he doesn't seem to be around. 
He is. And he is very much around, and he is working his plot, his conspiracy, to bring his will and his kingdom on this earth. So I just wanted to read this, because sometimes God sends us into situations, but we are not aware of him. We can see this in the book of Esther. You know, they were taken into captive, enduring hardship, bondage. Some were able to succeed. A fun detail, the book of Esther happened between Ezra and Nehemiah. Remember that Ezra was the first wave of people returning to Israel to rebuild the temple. And then the book of Esther comes, and then Nehemiah comes, and they go back to rebuild the walls. Remember that? Your Sunday school, Bible school, learning, remembering all the, the stories. So Esther was happening, this was happening. So what happened was, one guy was growing in importance with the king, but Mordecai, Esther's cousin, would not bow to him, would not give honor to this guy because he said, no, I only give honor to my God. So let's go there. Then Haman said to King Ahasuerus, there is a certain people scattered and dispersed among the peoples in all provinces of your kingdom. Their laws are different from those of all other people, and they do not observe the king's laws. So it is not in the king's interest to let them remain. If it is pleasing to the king, let it be decreed that they be destroyed. And I will pay 10,000 talents of silver into the hands of those who carry on the king's business to put into the king's treasuries. Then the king took his signet ring from his hand and gave it to Haman, the son of Hamedatha, the Agagite, the enemy of the Jews. So basically what was happening is Haman, he came to hate Mordecai so much that he said, it's not enough for me to get rid of this one guy. I need to get rid of all the Jews. So he worked his conspiracy with the king to get permission to exterminate all the Jews. Then they cast lot for when they should do that. And so they decided that one day, a certain date, they were going to be able to, everybody in the whole empire, exterminate three million Jews. You guys getting this? So, this is the plot. The problem begins when Haman decides to kill all the Jews. He had learned, this is Esther 3.6, Mordecai's nationality. So he decided it was not enough to lay hands on Mordecai alone. Instead, he looked for a way to destroy all the Jews throughout the whole empire. The story continues, and the important point is that Esther was the only one 
that could do something. So, we know that eventually she became the queen. So Mordecai heard about this decree about the extermination of the Jews, and he called Esther on Instagram or, you know, her phone, Esther, I need you to do something. You need to go talk to the king. This cannot happen. And then she waited, and she worked a plan. She waited the right moment, and then she got the king's attention. And it's funny to read the whole thing, because you have to understand that you cannot just go in, you know, open the door of the king's office, whatever, and say, hey, king, I want you to do this. You know, she remembered the story of the former wife, the former queen, right? Hey, man, that lady, she was like out for less than that. You know, I cannot just go in and, and make a request for my people. But she worked with a plan with the king and Haman, and she learned, she listened to Mordecai on what to do. So to me, this is where it's important because, oh, God is not in the book of Esther. I think he's way present in the book of Esther, just like he's way present in our lives. But we just need to be aware because he may be wearing a mask. (laughs) He may be moving some strings from behind the curtain. And we are not seeing him as we should. The same with you. First John 3, 2, Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not appeared as yet what we will be. We know that when he appears, we will be like him, because we will see him just as he is. Did you know that your, even your identity has not been revealed? We are in the process of getting to know who we are. You know, a lot of times we, we are waiting the instruction of the Holy Spirit telling us, now is the time for you to be who you are. Now you can remove the mask. Now you can go to the king and say, King, I'm Esther. I am, this is my people. I am part of the Jews. I want you to do this for me. I bless this for us. Let's go to Esther chapter 4. Then Mordecai told them to reply to Esther, Do not imagine that you in the king's palace can escape any more than all the Jews. It doesn't matter if you are the queen. If the decree to exterminate the Jews comes to pass, everyone's going. Why is this important for us? Because if the book of Esther did not happen, if this story did not happen, 500 years later, Jesus would not be born. 
Right? So we would not be here this morning. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place, and you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have not attained royalty for such a time as this. Put yourself in Esther's place. You have attained your position right now for such a time as this. She had a destiny. But it was not enough to have a destiny. It was not enough for her to listen to Mordecai, for her to be the queen. She still had to take some action. God was working, orchestrating all the circumstances in her life, but she still had to do something. The same with us. God has been orchestrating our lives from the day that we were born for us to be here today. But there is still something that I need to do. I need to realize who I am and go before the king and say, Father, King, bring salvation to your people. Then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, Go, assemble all the Jews who are found in Susa, and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, nights, or day. And I and my maidens also will fast in the same way. And thus I will go into the king, which is not according to the law. And if I perish, I perish. So there was a risk in her going into the king's presence. You know, but she said, okay, I'm going to take that risk. If I perish, I perish. You know, but she also had the whole people of Israel fasting and praying for her. And to me, this is important because not only we are not alone, not only we have certain ones very close to us helping us and teaching us, but we also can have the faith, the prayers, the fasting of the whole People of God. I love this. Esther 7, verse 3 and 4. Then Queen Esther replied, If I have found favor in your sight, O king, and if it pleases the king, let my life be given as my petition, and my people as my request. For we have been sold I and my people, to be destroyed, to be killed, and to be annihilated. Now, if we have had only been sold as slaves, and men and women, I would have remained silent. For the trouble would not be commensurate with the annoyance to the king. So I'm saying, if we were just being sold as slaves, I would not even bother you, O king. I would not annoy you. Because that would not 
make much difference because we're already in exile. We're not in our lands. We don't, don't have the temple anymore. But I, I ask for the life, the lives of my people, right? We know that what's really important here is that, again, the king could not go back and erase a law, right? Remember that kings in those days, they were like, like gods. They were worshipped like gods. So they cannot show weakness to anybody. Oh, I'm sorry, I, I, I signed that law, but I, I'm, I, I changed my mind. So he, working with Esther and Mordecai at the end of this story, he said, I cannot go back, but I can give you my ring, and you can pass another law. Not that I'm going to forbid them of exterminating the Jews, but I'm going to allow the Jews to defend themselves. And to me, this is, again, where we cannot just wait for God to do something when he's saying, here, I'm going to give you the authority for you to walk in what's yours. Right? Christ said, I have all authority in heavens and in earth. And I, I bless that for us because to me, there is so much that we think is just going to happen. And God is going, no, 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 no. You are going to make it happen. You make it happen. I have given you authority. I have given you the sacrifice. I have given you my, my son, the blood, the word. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Aren't you thankful to have this Bible that you carry and you read it and it speaks to you and the Holy Spirit opens doors for you and layers of understanding that you go like, thank God that somebody wrote this book 2,500 years ago and somebody was careful to copy it and keep it and preserve it so that we have it today. Is God in our lives? Oh, yes. On that day, King Ahasuerus gave the house of Haman, the enemy of the Jews, to Queen Esther. And Mordecai came before the king for Esther, had disclosed what he was to her. The king took off his signet ring, which he had taken away from Haman, and gave it to Mordecai. And Esther set Mordecai over the house of Haman. A reversal of the plots, a reversal of the conspiracies. God was behind the whole thing working and orchestrating, but using people to take action. Then Esther spoke again to the king, fell at his feet, wept, and implored him to avert the evil scheme of Haman and his plot, which he had devised against the Jews. The king extended the golden scepter to Esther. 
And she said, if, the, if it pleases the king, and if I have found favor before him, and the matter seems proper to the king, and I am pleasing in his sight, let it be written to revoke the letters devised by Haman, the son of Hamedata, which he would destroy the Jews who are in the, all the king's provinces. For how can I endure to see the calamity which will befall my people? And how can I endure to see the destruction of my kindred? Are you guys getting this? She was like interceding. But she was not alone. The people were fasting with her. She was listening to Mordecai. So, of course, they signed a new law. The Jews defended themselves. They were not annihilated. They were saved. And Esther and Mordecai rose in power before the king. Again, thank God they kept this book here for us. Because I think it's such a lesson for me that God is behind even the hardship, even what seems like an exile, even when you seem to be abandoned. He is working to preserve his people and, and make sure that his word will come to pass. Amen? In them, the king granted the Jews who were in each and every city the right to assemble and to defend their lives, to destroy, to kill, to annihilate the entire army of any people or province which might attack them. Okay. So like I said, if this would not have happened, if Mordecai would not be there understanding what was going on and telling his cousin what to do, we would not be here this morning. For the Jews there was light and gladness and joy and honor. In each and every province and in each and every city, wherever the king's commandment and his decree arrived, there was gladness and joy for the Jews, a feast and a holiday. And many among the peoples of the land became Jews. For the dread of the Jews had fallen on them. Isn't that interesting? That was... Chapter 8, verses 16 and 17. Now here, 9.3. Even all the princes of the provinces, the satraps, the governors, and those who were doing the king's business assisted the Jews because of the dread of Mordecai had fallen on them. Don't you think we should see that happen today? Yes. Instead of the name of God being mocked, the name of God being exalted. Yes. But who's going to make that happen? Somebody's going to have to take action. Somebody's going to have to remove the mask and say, Hey, here, King, I am a Jew. <laughs> you know, I'm going to reveal my identity to you. I'm here to intercede for my people, for your creation, for this planet, for all the... the conspiracies of destruction that are happening right now. Somebody will have to take action. 
So to me, the book of Esther is not just a history, something fun that we have a party Friday. No, it is a prophetic book. It's speaking of something that God is going to use a people today to bring deliverance. Even when it doesn't seem like God is doing anything. Not a lot of flashes. Not Mount Sinai. <laughs> right? But what is God doing today? He's working behind the scenes, raising up people. Raising up people that are going to intercede and take action. I bless that for us. Now, to close this, then Mordecai recorded these events and he sent letters to all the Jews who were in all the provinces of King Ahasuerus, both near and far, obliging them to celebrate the 14th day of the month of Dar and the 15th day of the same month annually. Because of those days, the Jews rid themselves of their enemies. And it was a month which was turned for them from sorrow into gladness, from mourning into a holiday. That they should make them days of feasting and rejoicing and sending portions of food to one another and gifts to the poor. Lord, so we come these next few days. Number one, we bless the Jews all over the world. We bless God's covenant with them and our love for them. But we also bless all of God's people all over the world. And we bless everyone. Lord, we, why not have another piece of Purim? Another reversal of these conspiracies, of the threat of destruction. But how is that going to happen? I have to find my identity. I have to find what is my destiny, where God has placed me for such a time as this, and, and take action. And take action. And I bless that for us. Lord, speak to us. Speak to each one of us. You know, I, I, I love that verse in 1 John 3, 2, where we do not know yet who we are. You know, our true identity has not been revealed yet. We are still waiting for that moment of the manifestation of the sons of God. Yes. That, according to Romans 8, is going to set creation free from futility. Yes. You know, we cannot be here waiting. Oh, God is going to come. He's going to come. He is coming. But he's moving also through his body of people, through our prayers, through our intercession, through our worship. Amen. Mahalo for listening to this message. If you are led to leave a rating and review, please feel free to do so. May God bless you.